Thanks for joining us for the study of God's Word today. You'll be hearing a lesson from Pastor Sam Thomas on belief in God and how that applies to our lives. Hope you enjoy it and look forward to seeing you next week. Freedom is not free. Hundreds of thousands of men and women have given their lives for our freedom. And let's pray today and remember them and thank God for them. Lord, we do thank you for the freedom that we possess to simply come into this place today and to worship you. We thank you for the countless men and women, many who remain unknown, Lord, who have given their lives to purchase our freedom, given their last full measure, shed their blood, that we might be free. And God, we remember them today. Thank you for their lives. Bless us now as we look into your word. May we allow you to penetrate our hearts and our minds and our souls and remind us today that that without you, there is no freedom, true freedom. And that you can set us free from the power, from the penalty, and even one day from the very presence of sin. Thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, I want you to turn back to that passage that Brother Francisco read for us just a moment ago. Acts chapter 15, or 16, I should say. And this is a great story, isn't it? Paul and Silas, they were thrown into prison for preaching the gospel. And about midnight, the Bible says, this earthquake came and the foundations of the prison shook and their chains fell off and the doors flew open and the prison guards were petrified. What is going on? And verse 30, and after he brought them out, the prison guard said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Notice verse 31. And they said, Believe. Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. You and your household. Believe. According to the dictionary, the word believe means to accept as true and genuine. We believe in a lot of things, don't we? The word that's used here in the New Testament is the word pistuo. It's the Greek word. And it means to be persuaded by or to place your confidence in. When you came into this room today, you sat down in that chair without even thinking about it, right? Because you believed it was going to support you. Faith, belief, they're used interchangeably in the New Testament. This particular word that's used here in verse 31, where it says, believe in the Lord Jesus, this word is used 239 times in the New Testament. By far the most predominant word that is translated believe 
in the New Testament. Again, it means to be persuaded by, to place your trust in, your confidence in. And so when we say we believe in something, what are we saying? Well, we're saying that we're trusting, that we're hoping in something, that we're jumping in with both feet. We believe. I'm a, I'm a big baseball fan. I love baseball. I love the, the game of baseball. I don't particularly love what the organized Major League Baseball is doing right now, along with the other professional sports, as they're caving into our politically correct culture. I don't like that, but I love the game itself. And in 1969, the Miracle Mets, as they were known, they were such underdogs against the Baltimore Orioles. Some of you are old enough to remember this World Series in 1969. I was only 10 years old at the time. But their motto, if you remember, their motto was what? We believe. We believe. And you would see those banners all over the, the stadium. We believe. And they believed they could win. And guess what? They did. They won the World Series. Underdogs by a huge margin. But they believed and they won the World Series that year. Well, as Christians, what should we believe? What must we believe? I mean, what is necessary or critical to believe in as a Christian? Well, what are the theological, the, the, cardin the, the most important doctrines, the car what we would call the cardinal doctrines of our faith? By that I, I mean, what is there no negotiation on when it comes to a key tenet of theology. In other words, what do you have to believe in in order to claim Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior? What is foundational? What must be involved? What is crucial? What is vital in the belief system of the Christian faith? Now, Drew and Pastor Drew and Pastor Gus have been teaching and talking about our community groups coming up. The reason we're doing community groups by the way, the reason we do anything as the body of Christ is so that we can help lead people to Christ, to know Him as Savior, and to develop, to help them grow in their walk with Him. Sharing the gospel with them. So where should we begin with this issue of belief? Well, since we're talking about Christianity, we should obviously begin with Jesus Christ. What must we believe about Jesus Christ? And I'm referring to the objective facts of the Christian faith as taught in the Bible, God's written word. Number one, this, there is no negotiating on this. We must believe that Jesus Christ is God. We must believe that Jesus Christ is God in His deity, to use a theological term. John chapter 1 and verse 1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The word for word there is logos. It means literally Jesus Christ, the person of Jesus Christ. He was and is God. And in verse 14 in that chapter, And the Word was made flesh, John says, and we beheld Him as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace, in truth, 
the disciples acknowledged that this was God in the flesh before them. In John chapter 14 and verse 9, Jesus says, If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. In other words, I am God in the flesh. Luke writes in Acts chapter 4 and verse 12, There is no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved. And then this passage here in Acts 16, verse 31, they said, Believe. Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. So, if you claim Jesus Christ as your Savior, you must believe He is who He claimed to be. And He claimed to be God incarnate. If He is not the Son of God, then He cannot rise from the dead. And if He could not rise from the dead, then we are still in our sin. And if we are still in our sin, we are bound for hell. And if we are bound for hell, then we are in big trouble for all eternity. C.S. Lewis, the great Christian writer, said Jesus Christ was either the Son of God or He was a madman or something worse. Who do you believe Jesus Christ is? I believe He is God. And I hope you do too. I believe He is who He said He is. In theological terms, we are talking about the personhood of Christ. In other words, who He is. And He is the second person of the triune God. We have God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Why do we call Him a person? Well, because He has personality. He has personal attributes like love and like grace. And because He was human, He was fully human, just like you and just like me, yet without sin. Not only is He God, but He is also unique. The word begotten in the New Testament literally means one of a kind. One of a kind. He is the unique one, the only begotten one. He is the God-man, the Word made flesh, fully God and fully man. Not half man, half God, not 50% man and 50% God, but fully man and fully God. He's the God-man. Isaiah the prophet said he is God with us, Emmanuel, El Elohim, a man with us. He is the God-man. He is the with us God. The virgin will bear a son and will call him Emmanuel, the God-man. And so to be a genuine follower of Jesus Christ, you must believe that he is God. There's no way around that. Do you? Do you believe this Jesus Christ is God, is fully God? Well, I hope we've established biblically, theologically, Christologically who Jesus is. He is God, and we have said that in order to be authentic and a follower of His, that you must believe that this is a fact, an objective fact, that He is the God-man. However, there is another vital aspect of Christianity that you must believe. 
Not only must you believe who He is, His person, but you must also believe what He did. These are the two critical things regarding the Christian life that you must believe. You must believe who He is. He is God in the flesh. He is our Savior. He is our Lord. He is our King. But you, all must, but you also must believe what He did. What did He do? What great work did He accomplish? Therefore, secondly, the second critical thing you and I must believe as followers of Jesus Christ is that we must believe the gospel. We must believe the gospel. Again, no negotiation on these two things. You must believe who He is, and you must believe what He did. We must believe the gospel. The New Testament word for gospel is euangelion, and it means glad tidings, or as most of you know, it means what else? Good news. It's good news what Jesus did. And this word is it's pregnant with power, this word gospel, because it sums up what Jesus did. It summarizes His work on our behalf. And if you want to be a Christ follower, you must believe the gospel. The gospel cures our sin problem. Our broken world needs the gospel. Would you not agree with that? This world in which we live that is coming unglued and is in chaos. Someone told me there were 12 mass shootings this past week in the United States. 12. Do you think this world needs the gospel? It certainly does. Listen, church, the gospel is for everyone. It is not just for unbelievers either. It's for believers. We as believers, we need the gospel daily. We need to be saturated with this good news and consumed with this good news of the gospel because the gospel changes the whole person. It changes our minds. It changes our heart. It changes our soul. It changes our behavior. We're changed by the gospel. When the gospel invades your life and you receive the gospel, your, your life is changed, your thinking is changed, your worldview is changed, your perception is changed of people. The gospel changes lives. Just think for a moment if the Jews and the Palestinians and Hamas and all these other terrorist groups would drop their weapons and surrender to the truth of the gospel. The gospel. The death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Believe, Paul and Silas says, in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. Just think if people all across this broken world of every color and ethnic background would grasp the truth that we are all of the same race. We are all a part of the human race and we all bleed red blood and accept the gospel of Jesus Christ, then all of this hate, all of this violence would subside. The gospel. Does the gospel change your life? Do you believe who Jesus is? 
Do you believe what he did? If young women would believe the gospel and apply it to their life, they would stop murdering their unborn children. The gospel gives life. It gives hope. Every time I look in the mirror, I see a broken person. I'm as broken as you are and as sinful as the best of them. But the gospel gives me hope. It gives me hope. It really does, and it should give you hope. Listen, when the devil, somebody said, when the devil reminds you of your past, you remind him of his future. And he's going to split hell wide open. So don't let him keep you in, in the past and living in the past and broken and guilt-ridden over all of your sin. Listen, the gospel will set you free. It will give you life. It will give you hope. If men would believe the gospel, they would stop shacking up with their girlfriends and gain the courage and character to commit. Boy, that's a good concept. That's a new concept in our culture. Isn't it? How about committing to one man and one woman for life? That's what God's design is for marriage. One man, one woman, until death do you part. The gospel gives you the courage to do that. Someone said they, that, that God created Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve, and that's true. The gospel. The gospel changes lives. When we do things God's way, that's the best way. A young man was talking to an older gentleman one time, and he said, he said, sir, back in your day, when you were young, he asked the guy, he said, what did you wear for protection when you had sex with another woman? He said, I wore a wedding ring. Had sex with my wife. The gospel. The gospel helps you to do things God's way and not your own way. No matter how badly you have sinned, no matter how far you have fallen and how much bitterness and anger clouds your heart, God's grace is sufficient. God's gospel and His love is deeper and higher and wider than your sin. And our God delights in restoring people and rescuing people from their sin. It's the gospel. To be a follower of Christ, you must believe Jesus is God. And you must believe the gospel. Matthew 24, 14, the gospel of the kingdom shall be preached to the whole world as a testimony to all the nations, and then the end will come. Matthew 8, or Mark 8, 35, for whoever wishes to save his life will lose it, and whoever wishes to find his life for my sake and for the gospel's sake will save it. Mark 1, 1, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Mark 13, 10, the gospel must first be preached to all the nations. Romans 1, 16, for I am not ashamed of the, the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation. To everyone who believes, to the Jew first and then to the Greek. 
1 Corinthians 9, 23, Paul says, I do all things for the sake of the what? The gospel, the good news, so that I may become a fellow, a fellow partaker of it. 1 Corinthians 15, 1, Now my, I may make known to you, brethren, the gospel which I preached to you, which also you received, in which you stand. Standing in the gospel. If you don't stand for something, you're going to fall for anything, someone said. And we, church, must stand for the gospel. No matter how difficult it may be, no matter how much persecution comes our way, we must choose to take a stand for the good news, for the gospel. We may sometimes pray, and I, I pray this too, Lord, why don't you do something about this? messed up world in which we live. Why don't you do something about it? But you know what? I'm convicted at that point because God has already done something. He allowed His Son to be nailed on a cross to die for our sin and to rise again to give us hope, to give us the gospel. 1 Corinthians 1.18 The word of the cross is to those who are perishing foolishness. But to those of us who are being saved, it is the power of God. We have power in our lives if we've received the gospel. The problem with our world is that it has rejected and is rejecting God's solution to our problems, which is salvation through the gospel of Jesus Christ. Christ accomplished on the cross that which we could not do ourselves. He atoned. He covered our sins. He became our substitute on the cross. He died in our place. He did it for you and He did it for me. So if you want to be a Christian, you must turn from your sin. You must repent. You must change your mind about your sin and you must walk towards Christ and you must believe the gospel. Christ said on the cross, it is finished. His work was completed. He fulfilled the work His Father had sent Him to do. Jesus lived a sinless life. He died a horrible death. And He rose again to save us from our sin. And that is good news. That is the gospel. And he also said he's coming again. Two different verses in Revelation chapter 22, the last chapter of the Bible. He said, I'm coming again. Let me remind you again, I'm coming again. Do you believe the good news? Some do. I hope most of you do. I hope all of you do in this room. Most of you probably do, but maybe some of you don't. But what matters right now is, do you believe the gospel? Do you believe who Jesus is? Do you believe in his personhood? Do you believe in his work, who he is and what he did? These are really the two most important things that you must believe. 
if you want to go to heaven. Anybody want to go to heaven? Somebody said, I want to go to heaven, but I want to get up a trip right now, but I want to go some point. I want to go to heaven. I believe, I hope and pray that you believe, but if you don't believe, then you can believe today. You can believe right now that Jesus is God and that He lived and died and rose again to forgive you and to give you new life. Only Jesus Christ can change our lives, but you must believe. I believe in God the Father. I believe in Jesus Christ. I believe in the Holy Spirit who has given us new life. I believe in the crucifixion. I believe that He conquered death. I believe in the resurrection and that He's coming back again. Somebody shout with me today. I believe. Do you believe today that Jesus is God and that He, amen, thank you, and that Jesus loves you and He's coming again. Let's stand this morning. I want to give you an invitation and I want to invite you, if you've never trusted Jesus Christ, as your Lord and Savior. I want to give you an opportunity to respond to the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm not sure if we have a musician or not, but if you believe, and if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior, then the Bible says now is the accepted time. Today is the day of your salvation. You may have been just playing church, for years and years, but you've never really believed and placed your hope and your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ. We're going to sing a song, and as we sing, I want to invite you to come and to publicly give your life to Jesus Christ. If you've never done that before, now is your opportunity. Today is your day. Place your hope and faith in Jesus Christ as we sing.